Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, The Good News, His Story, His Faith, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on October 6th, 2019. Last week we um, had our uh, biannual family meeting and twice a year we get together as a family. We have lunch together and we take a couple of hours to kind of have a discussion about uh, where we are at as far as a church. Some of the things that, that God is doing and, and uh, celebrate the, the great moments of, of miracles that God has done in our church life and in our family. And uh, just to talk about our finances and all that other boring stuff that kind of goes along with with having a church and a, and a family. And so I wanted to share with you that this last week when we gathered together, we heard from our various ministry leaders and they celebrated some phenomenal things that are just happening in our church. And I know you probably already know a lot of those things, so I won't reiterate them or, or share them again. Uh, spend the next three hours doing that. But I will tell you, God is at work in our community. God is doing some really cool things. Um, and if you don't believe me, just start talking to somebody around you and you'll see and you'll hear and you'll experience how God is at work and, and what he's doing through our community. Our, our children's ministry, we're seeing lives change, lives touched. One of the leaders shared a, a testimony of one of the little students that's back there and just the impact that our teachers are having on their lives and how they, they take that home and our children are actually teaching our parents and pretty cool to see and pointing them to Jesus in, in some of the moments that, that we have as a family. And our youth ministry is doing great and, and uh, we're seeing a lot of teenagers, a lot of younger teenagers, middle schoolers. And uh, so keep them in your prayer because, you know, they're a lot like you guys are. They don't keep their attention span very long, you know, so, so you know what that's like, right? You know, squirrel. Yeah, so always chasing squirrels or Facebook, one or the other. We're not sure, right? And, uh, and then our worship team is, is growing and uh, we have room for more though. So if you have a desire to learn or play an instrument, we'd love to have you be a part of our worship team if you want to sing. Uh, remember, when I say that and throw that out there as you think about that, um, the Bible is very clear that we are to make a joyful noise. So if you just make a noise and it's joyful, you're honoring God. So you can be a part of our worship team. Amen? <laughs> See, that's what I do. My wife always elbows me. Shh. You know, you're being a little too noisy. No, she doesn't. I'm just kidding. But uh, God's doing some amazing things. And we're excited about the new year. We believe that God is, has us in a new season right now. Um, we're kind of transitioning and moving into the new year, 2020. And so uh, we're, we're expectant. We're very excited for what God has for us in the new year. We have some, some we believe, some great plans as a, as a leadership team in regards to what we believe God is going to do uh, in and through us as a church. And I want you to think about two words as you think about 2020, okay? The one word is a very common word, and so is the second word. It's used a lot in church settings, but we're going to use them over and over again because we believe that this is God's calling for his church. And the first word is evangelism. We believe that as a church, we want to be evangelistic. We want to share the good news of the gospel with everybody and anybody that will sit down with us and listen. And so when I say we, I am referencing you guys, not just Floyd. Uh, we want to be evangelistic in everything that we do in the new year. The other part of it is that, that we want to be disciple makers. We, we want to continue to, to develop and grow together in our discipleship. And again, when I say we, that means that you're involved. That means that you have to partner. You have to 
to do your part. And I'll tell you, the value of discipleship is everything. The importance of evangelism and discipleship in our world today is so important and so critical. And so we're hopeful and we're expectant that God's going to use us as a church community to do a lot of that. And we'll have more discussions, we'll have more meetings, we'll have more talks, and we'll have more opportunities for us to gather together as a church as we look at the new year 2020. But in order to do that, this is where you come into play. In order to do that, we, we need your participation. We, we need your partnership. Uh, every person counts. And so we talked a little bit about our budget and our finances, and uh, we shared with where we're at with them. We're, we're doing well. Um, our leadership team that handles our finances um, is doing very well with the things that God has given us to be able to pay our, our bills and, and to do all those things. And, and if you didn't already know this, we are a church without debt. We don't have any obligation to any kind of credit cards or anything like that, which is pretty phenomenal. Let's give God a hand for that because that's God's provision. Um, and we have made the commitment as a church not to get into debt, not to overcommit ourselves to those types of things because we know what debt does. It just brings bondage and then um, it can create some unhealthiness in our lives. And, and so we're very hopeful that God would continue to provide for us. But in saying that, what we'd like to do is have this mindset together as, as, and in partnership is that we want to ask you guys to pray about your part in helping us to start the, the new year in a very strong and healthy way financially. Uh, we're, we're calling it 2020 Vision, His Mission and Our Future. And the focus is just that. We're going to focus in on God's mission for us as a church. And we know that as we do that, God will establish and build our future. He'll make known to us the path of life that he set before us. And so we want to ask that everybody participate in this. Uh, whether you're young or old, whether you think you have or you don't have, uh, we want to ask for everyone to participate in uh, being a part of this, to help us to position ourselves in a way where in 2020 that, that we're kind of free to do ministry. Every dollar that we're going to raise uh, between now and Christmas, between the now and the new year, uh, we're, we're hopeful that God will provide about $20,000 for us for our financial budget, if you will. Um, every dollar of that will be spent towards ministry. All right. There will be uh, every dollar. We're going to use uh, a big chunk of those dollars to support other church plants here in the state of New Mexico. Uh, we as a church get the privilege to participate in other church plants here. And there's about six, seven churches. There's one new one. Uh, for those of you that are familiar with uh, Albuquerque in New Mexico, it's going in the Borellas neighborhood. It's in kind of the downtown South Valley kind of area there. And uh, they had their first service this last Sunday and God did some amazing things in that community. Uh, the pastor from that church will actually uh, be coming at the first of the year to share uh, some of the things um, that God's doing in his life and through that ministry and uh, just say thank you to the church as a whole as, as we partner with them and help to support them cooperatively through our, our tithes and our offerings. Uh, we get to help missionaries with those dollars. Uh, we're going to send uh, through this state uh, here in New Mexico locally uh, dozens, if you will, dozens of, of individuals that will be missionaries across the world and uh, planting seeds of faith and watering where others have planted. And so we get to part, be part of that. A lot of those dollars that we'll raise between now and Christmas will be part of that. 
Uh, we'll get to feed with those dollars a lot of uh, young individuals that are right here within our community of young students here at MLK. Martin Luther King will use those dollars to continue to support them. Um, I don't know if everybody knew this or not, but if you didn't, uh, we, we provide food and amongst a few other things um, at different times of the year for our students here at the elementary school. We've kind of sponsored them. We've taken a, uh, gone into partnership with them. And the beauty of this, and this is my favorite part of all of this, is that how God has ordained the moment for us to be able to do this with them, the openness to the gospel message that they're, that their administration has is just phenomenal. It's, it's nothing like I've ever seen before in my life. The, the administration is actually asking us to come and share the gospel with them and their students to, to proclaim that, that we are a church and we're here to, to share Jesus. They're inviting us to be a part of a lot of the events that they, they have and, and they're very open to that. They're very willing to, to listen and have us be a part of that. And so that's a huge thing. I don't know if you guys have ever had a chance to work um, in the school system and sometimes a lot of schools and administration are, are very close to the idea of a church coming in and, and partnering and providing and even giving in, in just a, you know, no, no pressure kind of way. Uh, they're usually pretty close to that in our times today. And so to have this opportunity for us as a church is, is definitely something that God has ordained and blessed us with. And then we're going to use a lot of the dollars also for our own ministry here to do that evangelism and discipleship. Those dollars will go into our men's, our women's, our children's, our youth ministry. And uh, so every dollar will be used towards ministry. So I want to encourage you as you pray through this and as you think about the things that God is asking you to do, just remember when you give those dollars, you are giving those dollars to build God's kingdom. You're giving those dollars to lift up the good news of the gospel so that it can be proclaimed not only here in these four walls, but outside of these four walls. And every dollar that we give is given to God. It's given to God in Jesus' name, and we give it so that the gospel can be proclaimed, so that we can go out to all the nations, including Rio Rancho, including Albuquerque, Barella, South Valley, you name it, that's where we're going. And even if it's not our own hands and feet, by us giving those dollars is helping to send other hands and feet that will proclaim the name of Jesus. So as you do that, I'd encourage you to really think about those people that are out there and uh, that need need to hear the hope of Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you this before we get into our passage this morning. There's a little insert that Jason pointed to. It's a 2020 vision. It's simply just a commitment card. And uh, what we're asking for every family to do is, is just to fill this out, however God leads you, in whatever gift that you would give. And uh, it's an over and above our regular tithes and our regular offerings that we give every Sunday to further the gospel. It's an over and above, however God would lead you. And then over the next three months, um, if you want to break that up into like two or three payments, if you want to give it all at once, you're welcome to do that. Uh, but we're going to spend the next three months kind of having a conversation about how these dollars are going to be used and what God's going to do. We believe God's going to do through them and how we can be an active part in partnership in the gospel to make sure that uh, 2020 is a year that we're very focused on his mission for us as a church, knowing that he has a future for us and things planned for us. And those that will come, those that, that will come to our church and be a part of everything that God is doing. And uh, so we're excited about that. We're looking forward to that. I wanted to, to let you know as a pastor, um, I, I like to lead by example. And so this is my wife, her and I, it's our card. We've, we've filled it out. Uh, we've made a commitment to God. I'm not giving this to you. <laughs> 
I'm giving this to God and, uh, and we want to be faithful in that, knowing that God will use that to, to bless our community, to bless us as a church and to further the gospel message. So what I want to do this morning is if you would stand with me, grab that card in your hand, even though you haven't filled it out, just want you to stand and will you join me in prayer? Join me in praying that, that God will use this opportunity for us to think about the future that he has for our city, the future that he has for those that will come, the plans to prosper us, the plans to, to give us a hope and a future, the plans that he has for us to further the gospel message. And I just want to just pray over our church this, at this moment, pray, pray for this time that we have, this season that God is leading us into and that his hand would be upon us. So let's, let's gather together in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you so much for a new day. We thank you for the things that you've given us, Father, the things that you've done for us. Father, the things that you will do for us in the coming days. Lord, we know that, that you're an amazing God, that you are holy, that you are just, and that you are righteous. Father, we know that you love us. We know that you have placed such a high value on every one of us in this room right now, right here. But we also understand, Father, that there are many more that you value, many others that are very, very important to you. And we believe that's why, that, that's why you've ordained this church that we call Sol Rio. That's why you've called us here into this city. That's why you've brought us to this place in this moment in time to do the things that you're going to ask us to do, Father. And Father, there's moments when, when as we think about these things, we, we get scared, we get fearful, we worry, we, we seem to be a little confused. Father, I pray that, that you would remind us as you reminded Joshua, as he, as he stepped into the promised land, as you, as you moved him to do the things that you asked him to do, to continue to, to guide your people, Father, that you would help us to be strong and courageous, that we would be bold in proclaiming the good news of the gospel message, the good news of the love and hope of Jesus Christ, what you did for us on the cross through your son. Father, as we look to 2020, as we look to the days ahead, Father, we pray that you would ordain our steps, that you would guide them, that you would show them, um, show them to us, show us how to, to live, how to walk, how to respond, how to do the things that you've called us to do, to be the church that you've created us to be. Father, we pray that you would provide for our every step. Father, that you would give us the words, the wisdom, the resources, everything that we would need to bring glory to your name, to honor you with our lives, Father. Father, we're in a season where you're teaching us and you're showing us some of these things. And I pray that we would take these lessons that you have for us and that we would use them and we'd share them with the world around us. That we truly would be an evangelistic church seeking to make disciples of all the world. And just by simply starting here in Rio Rancho, in this city. Father, this city is yours. Father, you created it with a purpose. Every person that calls this place home is valuable to you. And because of that, they are valuable to us. So we are going to do our part. We are going to make a commitment to you today that we will be obedient to the things that you have for us. Obedient to your purpose and to your plan. And we'll stay focused on your mission. Thank you, Father, for your love and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, over the coming months, as you pray about this and you look at this and you think about it, just drop this in, in the offering bag or in the boxes and uh, 
We'd like to kind of gather these from, from everybody so we can kind of have an idea, engage, and be able to share with where we're at on this journey and kind of as we move forward towards 2020, keep you updated. And just so you know, as a church, we're very, very transparent with our finances. If, if you have any questions or concerns or you want to kind of know a little more, if you like numbers, um, some people do, some people don't, um, don't look to me because I have no idea. Um, but you can look to Jolene and Monica. They're, they lead our financial team and they'll be more than happy to open up and show you all the numbers and exactly how, how God is at work uh, through every dollar that uh, we commit to him and how he's using that to, to be a blessing to our, our neighbors and our community. Okay, amen? amen? All right, let's get into it now. Mark chapter 11. Jesus teaches us something very critical, especially at this time in our life, because I, I believe that, that faith is something that we all have. Every one of us in this room, young and old, we all have faith. We put our faith into something or someone. Um, I'm not sure where your faith is today. I'm not always sure where my faith is on certain days, but I do believe that Jesus is going to teach us something very special about what it means to have a faith in God. So let's read chapter 11, verses 20 through 25. And those of you that have verse 26, uh, we're not going to read 26, even though it might be in your notes. So we'll talk about that one later, okay? All right, verses 20 through 25. It says, As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that was cursed has withered. And Jesus answered him, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes, believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also in heaven, who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. See, in this moment, we should know that Jesus is teaching us what it means to have faith in God. He wants us to know something very specific about having a faith of our own, a faith that we own. And he wants us to know that faith is active. If you look again at verse 22 and 23, listen to Jesus' response. Jesus answered him by simply saying, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. See, to have something shows possession. To have a faith shows that you own your faith. You have possession of it. It is your own personal faith. See, it means that it belongs to you and because it's yours, you use it. See, to have a faith of your own means that you own something. You know, when I was a younger man, um, I had my mom's faith. <laughs> I really did. That kind of sounds funny. And you're thinking to yourself, well, how do you have somebody else's faith? Well, I, I look back on it and I realize I had my mom's faith because what I did for Jesus was only for my mom. When I went to church, I didn't go to church because I had a desire to learn more about my Savior. I had a desire to just kind of honor my mom and please my mom. And so I was kind of living through her faith. It wasn't a faith that I owned, but it was a faith of my mom's. But I'm very thankful for that faith that my mom had because of that is the reason why I have a faith that is my own today. 
See, we have to own our faith. And when we own our faith, it moves us to do something different. It moves us to become something different. It becomes something very active in our lives. It's not idle. We don't just sit there and kind of take it in and see what others are doing. But Jesus moves us to this active type of faith. See, he reminds us here that faith is active. He tells us, have faith in God, but know that if you have faith, that you could move mountains, that God will do some great things in you and through you. So the question this morning is, how do we have faith in God? Well, I want to offer us a, a couple of thoughts in regards to that. And the first is that, that we have to believe that God is who he says he is. See, that, it's very important for us because many of us kind of keep God in our trunk. Many of us kind of, kind of put him in our trunk and we pull him out when we need him. It's kind of like a spare tire, right? You know, when we only use it when we need it, right? But faith means that we have to believe that God is who he says he is. I, I want to ask you this morning, who is God to you? Is God the, the creator of the heavens and the earth? Is God the one that, that formed you and, and shaped you and made you and knew you before you were born? Is God the one that, that breathed life into you? When you wake up in the morning, do you look at God and you think to yourself, thank you, God, that you would give me your breath so that I might live? Who is God to you? Well, in Revelation 1 verse 8, he says, I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. God says, I am the great I am. He is the God of the universe. He is the God that holds everything in the palm of his hands. He is bigger than we can ever imagine. In fact, if we do our best to imagine how big he is, we're probably falling way short. See, God is God. And he wants us to know him as God. He wants us to trust and put our faith in who he is. And secondly, we have to have faith in who he is. And when I say this, it's, it's not just who he says he is, but we have to believe in who he truly is. We have to understand that God holds the power. He is the one that can do all things. See, you and I, we are not moving that mountain on our own. Have you ever tried to do that? <laughs> to bring a crowbar? <laughs> I can't even barely move the chairs in the morning, much less a mountain by myself. See, God is the one that holds the power. And I think sometimes because we forget who he truly is, we forget who he truly is. See, he's the one with the power. You know, I, I, I love the dynamic of as a church, we get to go and, and pray for people. We get to go, uh, and especially when people are sick, you know, the Bible commands us in the, in, in the book of James to, to go and pray and anoint a brother with oil and, and, and pray over him so that that person might be healed. But I think where we make our mistake, and it kind of translates across the board in the regards, is that, that we put our hope in the oil. See, we, we think it's the oil that is doing the healing, we forget it's the God that anoints that oil. It is the God that, that controls the sickness. It's the God that created us that is the one that is healing us. 
But for whatever reason, we, we tend to, to give the glory to the oil. We need this holy oil as if it's, it's something that makes the difference. And we lose sight of the fact that it's the God that created the oil that we should be praising and lifting up. See, it's those moments when we forget that we are just simply instruments in the Redeemer's hands. Do you see yourself as that? As an instrument in God's hands? Do you believe that, that God has the power to use you to move mountains? If you just believe, if you just trust. See, when's last time, I don't know if you guys have had a surgery or been to the doctor lady. When's the last time you ran into the doctor's office and picked up the stethoscope and said, thank you th stethoscope for, for listening to my heart and taking care of me and helping me to be better. We don't do that, do we? We, we go to the doctor and we say, hey, thank you, doctor, for treating me well. Thank you for taking care of me. See, because it's the doctor, it's the physician that holds the power. See, it's God who holds the power. And we just have to believe it. We have to trust it. See, we, we have to believe that, that he can move mountains on our behalf, that, that he can change our circumstances that he can do things that man couldn't ever imagine to do. See, and this is what you and I, this is what the world calls miracles. See, and miracles are a divine intervention and God wants to intervene in your life. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe that, that God wants to intervene in your circumstance? That God wants to be right in the middle of it? That he wants you just to trust him and believe that he can take care of it. I don't know about you guys, but I believe in miracles. <laughs> I stand before you as a miracle. And if you don't believe me, ask my mom. I just point to her because she's here. So, <laughs> I tell you, my, my mom prayed for me day after day after day. Even in the moments when I didn't want her to pray for me. And I was doing some things that I, I, I was so far from God. But God was never far from me. God used my, my mom and my wife and my grandmother to help me to think about the things that he wanted me to think about. See, God divinely intervened into my life. And because of that, I'm a miracle. See, we are to have faith in God. We are to trust and believe we need to know that, that he wants to intervene and do all that he has promised to do. But the reality is that it's simply up to us. We, we have to seek after. We have to move towards these things. We have to do the things like Jesus just says, have faith in God. Trust and believe in who he is and what he can do and what he wants to do. It's an act of faith. Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith... It is impossible to please him. Did you catch that? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. Did you catch that part? He rewards those that seek him in faith. He gives to us the blessings that he created for us 
to have. But our faith has to be active. It has to seek after him. You know, I know it's the opinion of many. I've heard many pastors and people say this, and including myself. But I believe at times we're robbing ourselves of blessings from God. And I don't say this, so don't get me wrong, I'm not a, a prosperity gospel preacher, so don't, don't get worried as you hear me say this. But I truly believe that, that we rob ourselves of blessings in this life. And simply because we don't seek after the things that God wants for us. Simply because we don't trust and believe that, that, that God can move that mountain if we would just not doubt, but we would truly believe and trust that he can do it in our lives. See, and it's not about a naming and claiming or a prosperity thing. It's about receiving and taking hold of the promises, the things that God has already said he would give us. See, and that, that's what aligns us and, and puts us in accordance to his perfect will. See, you realize that God already has tomorrow planned for us? Do you realize that, that next week God already has it in mind? Do you realize that what you're going to get a month from now is what God already ordained yesterday, knowing that it's going to happen? See, that's what we call the sovereignty of God. That's what we say when we say we believe in who God is. When we say we have a faith in God. See, we have an opportunity here to live out the life that God has given us. And then when we live out that life, I tell you, it, life is more abundant. Life is blessed. You know, when, when he says, the Bible says to, to consider it joy when we suffer and we go through trials and tribulations, that's what God is talking about. That's what God is reminding us. He's saying, I have some blessings for you. Earlier this week, there's a passage in Job, and as you read, if you're reading through the Bible through the year on the Bible app, um, it simply says this, I'm going to paraphrase it, um, simply says this, that, that though Job suffered many things at the end of his life, God blessed him even more. Well, if you know the story of Job, you know that Job had everything. He was a wealthy man, family, kids, ranches, food, everything he needed, God allowed it to be taken away. He suffered, but you see one thing, one variable that happened through the midst of all that. Job never stopped believing in who God is. He trusted and he put his faith in God because he knew who he was. And because of that, God blessed him even more so. God had many more blessings waiting for Job. And all Job had to do was live the life that God asked him to live. See, if we do that, if we live the life, if our faith is active, if we do this, we will see that faith is expectant. See, we can expect God to do things for us. We can expect God to, to bless us. We can expect God to, to provide for us. We can expect God to show us the things that he has for us. Verses 24 and 25, Jesus simply says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it'll be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also is in heaven, who also is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. See, this is where the believing part comes into play. 
Jesus makes it very clear that we are to put our faith in God. And by doing so, we must believe that he can do what he says he will do. Now, this is where God's promises come into play. I want to ask you, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you have a promise from God's word that you stand on, that you, that you hold for your life? I want to encourage you this morning, if, if there's not one, ask God for it. Find it and stand on it. Hold, hold to it. Because because I can promise you, <laughs> because of what God's word says, that, that there is a promise for every one of us in this room. And I know that, that for every one of us in this room, there is something that we are hopeful for in this life. Some of us, it may be we're hoping for a better job. It may be we're maybe hoping for better living conditions. Maybe we're hopeful for provision in a certain way. Maybe we're hopeful that God would heal or restore a relationship in our life. Maybe we're hopeful that, that our kids would come to faith and they've moved away from their faith, but we're hopeful that they would. Maybe some, for us, our, our kids, we're, we're hopeful that our mom and dad would come to faith. But I think for everyone in this room, there's something that, that we're hopeful for, something that, that we desire, that we're, we want to move towards and we just wish we had or we wish we can attain or we, could, we can go after. But I'll tell you, in God's word, there's a promise for that hope. You know, for, for me personally, my hope is that my kids would walk in faith, that they would have a faith of their own. My, my hope is that my family would, would be united in faith. My, my hope is that, that every person that I meet, that, that if they don't know Jesus, they don't have a personal relationship with him, that, that I would have an opportunity to be able to share that hope with them. See, there's a lot of things that, that I'm hopeful for. And I tell you, for every one of those things, I've been able to find a promise from God. You know, Jeremiah is one of my favorite books. And one of the things that God tells Jeremiah, I believe he told me, is that he says, don't give me the excuse that you're too young to do what I'm asking you to do. He simply tells Jeremiah, trust me. And I will give you the words. I will give you everything you need. And I will use you to both lift up and tear down nations. I will send you into battle in my name. And I will do it with a purpose. And I will do it with a plan. Now don't worry, I'm not ready to battle anyone. If you're wondering. But I do believe that God wants to use me to do some things in this world. I know that God has a calling on my life. And I believe God has a calling on your life. I believe God wants to use you for something very specific. See, and we can be expectant of God. We can expect that God is going to do things. You know, I, I always tell people that, that regardless of what you do, God's still going to do something anyway. So why not join in? <laughs> why not join in in what God's doing? Why, why just sit on the sidelines on the bench waiting and wondering? Why not just join in and jump in? Look for where God's at work. Now, God's at work in our kids' ministry. God's at work in our woodchucker ministry. God's at work in all of these ministries that he allowed us to be in. Why are you sitting on the sidelines waiting? In fact, God should hang a sign, no Uncle Rico's allowed. 
If you know Napoleon Dynamite, you know that. The younger generation knows that one. I'll explain it to the older guys later. <laughs> he wanted to be put in as a kid, and he's still living his teenage years. Anyway, long story. Get off the bench. Be expectant. Know that when you step out in faith, that God is going to do something. God is going to use you to do something. He's going to work in you, then he's going to work through you. Listen to what it says here. I love this passage. This is going to be our, our 2020 theme. Because everything that we do is reflective of what God wants to do in regards to bringing us together as a family. In Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6, it says, There is one body, one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. See, this is God's will for us as his children. I want you to consider this as we kind of come to a close this morning. I'm going to read another passage and then I want to pray for us. I want you to consider this. Are you the mountain that God wants to move? I wonder for how many of us in this room that we're the mountain. Maybe we're the, we're the person that somebody's praying for right now. Maybe we're the person that that someone's hopeful for and believing that God is going to do a, a miracle in their lives. And I think sometimes, sometimes we, can, we can be that big obstacle in regards to, to faith, in regards to what, what God wants to do. See, but I believe God can move mountains. I believe that, that God can move you. I believe that, that God wants to work in and through you. But the question this morning is, is do you believe that? See, Jesus simply says, have faith in God. And when you have faith, know that he can move mountains. Know that he can do things that will just rock your world, change your life forever. Amen? We just have to believe it and trust it. I want you to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. I love this, what he says here. This is a moment that comes in the Israelites' life where they didn't have a home. They were lost. They were confused. They were struggling. They were wandering. And God speaks through this man, Jeremiah. And he simply says, tell my people this. Verse 11. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. He says, then, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Are you ready to seek God with all of your heart? I tell you, he has great plans. He just wants you to put your faith in him. He just wants you and I to trust him. I want to close with a quote and then we're going to pray together as a church. Theologian Francis Schaeffer said this and it's reflection, reflective of our, our, uh, what Jesus tells us about forgiveness here. 
He says, our, our relationship with, with each other is the criterion the, the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Christian community is the final apologetic. See, that's what Jesus is saying here. He says, when you, when you stand in prayer, make sure that you offer your brother forgiveness. Make sure you're willing to be united as one in faith. Make sure you're willing to work together in partnership of the gospel. Because what you do and what you give is not for yourself. It's for somebody else. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your love, your grace, your hope. Father, we know that, that faith and hope is important to us as a family. We put our faith into you. We, we seek after you for the things that we're hopeful for. Father, but what you've taught us and what you've shown us is that love is the greatest of all these things. Father, our actions reflect the love that we have for one another. The way we live in community reflects to the world who you are. Father, we are, are mirrors to the world of your love. And so, Father, this morning as we go on this journey, Father, as we commit to the things that you have for us. Father, commit to the dynamic of how you're leading us and the things that you're showing us. Father, I pray that here within these four walls, Father, that we would offer each other love and grace. That we would offer each other forgiveness as you've forgiven us. Father, that we would be reminded that it was grace that brought us to you. And that same grace will lead others to you. Father, we thank you for your words today and how you teach us about faith, how you used your son to show us this love so that we might have faith in you. Father, I pray that, that we would be strong and we would be courageous in everything that we do as a community, as a church body, that we would be united as one in faith, one in hope, serving one God, one spirit, one savior. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. And we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505 792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.